0: What's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. When I lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah, welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section...
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section Three Three Six, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Good. Doesn't watching that opening
1: intro video uh make you miss going to the games? It makes me. It makes me miss going to the games so much. Uh, I edited it last week. Now, if you don't know, we started last week going live on Twitter and Facebook again on Monday or Tuesday nights or whenever we we record. Anyway, so on there, there's an intro video now that goes with our theme song. If you remember, Matt, when we made that intro video, it's like two minutes long. So I kind of chopped it up to get it down to the 30 seconds of our current song because I didn't want to go back to a long intro. Right. I also tried to edit Bert out of the mix. Hmm. So, no solo shots on Bert. Yeah, should have like put a some kind of face over his face. Uh, right, like uh, like those yeah, like those memes with the like like put the oriole bird over his face or something.
2: Yeah, something. Yeah, but but we're on you can watch us live on Facebook and Twitter, but not on TikTok because we don't support China.
1: Right, right. We're I don't think yeah that won't say anything else. No, <laughs> we're not on TikTok, but we're on uh, Triller. Oh, are we? No, we're not. Oh, uh, we, am I supposed to know what that means? We're is like the TikTok, like I—I uh, I think it might be an American-made, but it's like the TikTok knockoff, but it's some uh, random company who's really hoping that TikTok
2: gets banned yeah, so they can take over. Again. But I don't
1: really think it matters because I, Instagram has their own thing, so you would think Instagram would take over. But I don't know. And hey, but hey, we're on Snapchat. All right, there you go. If are people still on Snapchat? I forgot that Snapchat was a thing until you just said it. All right. I am 40 years old. We're on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Yeah. Because I tr- those are the three things that I know. Anything yeah. else is beneath me.
2: Yeah. And if you want to uh, uh, you know, get hooked up with us and our show, follow us on LinkedIn as well.
1: LinkedIn. I am on LinkedIn <laughs> for business. Are you? I have show stuff on there, yes.
2: I've I, I, w- I guess about five years ago, I was invited a hundred times to everybody else, and I never I never joined. I never got into you know, LinkedIn. I think I got
1: my I may have gotten my current job through LinkedIn.
2: Oh really? <laughs> I was gonna say was your and have you gotten any contacts from your
1: actual LinkedIn or I any have, connections? I have headhunters that call me once in a while and I don't know how they get my info, except that I've been the in the industry for uh like 20 years in the same industry. Yeah. So I got this Florida job through a headhunter and I wonder if he found me through LinkedIn. I'm not sure. And I got my last job also through a headhunter. I I haven't looked out, I haven't gone and applied and looked for a job in a long time. They come to me. Mm. Apparently I'm pretty good at what I do. They just come to me.
2: Well, you're fortunate because I'm about to, October for me is resume writing season again. And so I'm going to send applications out to a whole bunch of places because no one's knocking on my door. Got to go out there and get it.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, and that's I like that you save it for October. That way you can do all your interviews in costume.
2: Exactly, exactly. Uh, But I'll tell you what, Josh, we're talking uh, technology here, and I apologize that I wasn't able to do the show yesterday. And I'm just – I'm now – and it's going to affect the show because I'm pumped about the Orioles. I'm pumped about the Ravens. But I'm just generally pissed off about life right now and specifically technology. There was about 10 times in the past two days where I thought about just leaving the wife and kids and flying back to Tanzania and living in a rural village again for the rest of my life because I'm so done. Between, between my computer issues and like teaching at virt- doing virtual school and just I, my entire day is consumed by answering, I mean, you would think these kids would know how to use a computer. But all of a sudden, right. if, it's, if it's for school, they, 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 they don't know where the power button is. I was like, dude, come on. So my day is spent consumed by answering dumb emails you know, for, for complaining kids. And then I had my own computer issues yesterday that we weren't able to do the show. So, yeah, it's, it's, I'm having a rough time with technology.
1: You know, I, I'm, I like, I've heard a lot of people complain about um, Schoology and Google Classroom and all the other ones out there that's, that schools are using. Yeah. And I think the way you got to get to these kids – Is you need to teach in Fortnite. Mm. I see they're doing concerts and everything in Fortnite now and movie trailer releases in Fortnite. It's time for a Fortnite classroom. Yeah. I know you have kids
2: who can, you know, live stream on, on, you know, Fortnite and and go on Twitch and do all that stuff, but they can't log on to a Google Meet. Like, what, what, what is that? It doesn't make any sense.
1: It's clearly it's kids, it's the motivation of kids. Yeah. Because these same kids that, cannot figure out how Zoom works for your classroom will find this podcast on the internet and make fun of you.
2: Oh, absolutely they will. That's why I got to be careful what I say on here. I'm not going to use these <laughs> kids' names because you're absolutely right. They will. They'll Google image and Google search and they'll find any dirt on any teacher that's ever taught. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's true. Um, and they'll overcome any obstacle. But all of a sudden, if, if it's school-associated, one obstacle, they're done.
1: Right, right. yeah,
2: But... Speaking of overcoming obstacles, I don't know. You want to start with the Ravens or Earls this week?
1: Um, well, let's see. One overcame an obstacle, one completely crashed during the obstacle. Well, uh, I disagree
2: with that, but but let's get to the
1: Ravens. Okay. Well, all right. Well, we should start with I you and I hung out on Sunday.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, That's connected I, to our uh, Ravens. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's all Ravens. So I decided kind of last minute. I think I ran the idea past you last week when we were doing the show. Mm-hmm before the show or whatever that I was looking into flights to fly back to uh, Maryland. Surprise dad. Cause come on, we do this podcast is, has always been a family thing. Our love of football sports. and baseball yeah, sports, sports is tied sport to family. Yeah. has always been a family thing. So I decided I'd fly home and surprise my dad gave you a heads up, but that I'd surprise dad and show up, uh, for a, for the Ravens game.
2: And it's not bad when now flights you can you can literally show up with coins because there's a coin shortage. You bring <laughs> you bring a bag of coins and they let you on the flight. So that's a good deal.
1: Yeah, um, I got sixty dollars round trip. Yeah, that's what it cost me. Yeah, I've by the same it has cost me
2: to take an Uber to my right. parents' house now, to buy a plane to my
1: parents' house. Now I did have to fly Spirit, mm. and and they've changed out all their seats to like these metal <laughs> uncomfortable seats that I guess are. Uh, anti uh coronavirus seats or something yeah like they're just metal they can think, wipe them down easier yeah i don't even think they wipe them down i think they spray something in also oh, okay it was a little weird when you get in the plane before it takes off they spray some type of cleaner aerosol for like 15 minutes through the air ducts mm. but it's like visible so it's like it's like any movie you've seen where like they're in a gas chamber and like you oh, see my. the particles coming in and that's, that's what you're it, thinking what about I,
2: when you saw that. That's that's a little. Oh yeah. It's I, good, good thing you had your mask.
1: I'll show you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wore the mask the entire time at the airport. Entire time on the plane. Yeah. But uh, I'll. Any issues that an people taking elective. off their
2: mask in the in the flight? Yeah. People are
1: idiots. There were uh, these two. There was these two guys, uh, who could not keep their pants up to cover their butt. So I don't know why we expected them to be able to wear their n- mask to cover their mouth and face and nose. Does
2: coronavirus spread with uh, on both ends?
1: Is that the these pants guys down had, as well? These guys had both ends exposed. Okay. Their pants had their pants were you know the whole thing that was trendy like twenty years ago where kids would wear their pants down to like their knees. Back in my, back when I was in high school, right. Man, right. I, I had my
2: pants. Yeah, absolutely. You would wear right if or you, you if you could, if you didn't see my boxers, I wasn't wearing them
1: right. Right, right, or right, or you, right, or you had the basketball shorts. Under, yeah. the, under the pants, so you could drop if, them to your knees. That's if you could walk
2: had. from one end of the hall and you didn't have to take one hand and hold your pants up, you weren't wearing them right. You, you had to have one hand free to hold right. the pants up as that's, you walked that's off.
1: It. These, these two guys were probably 18, 19, 20. Okay. I'm and glad had, it's coming back in. All they, right. They had their, they had their uh, jeans at their knees, basketball shorts up to their waist. That's what I'm talking about. And, and they both had masks on their face. Covering their chin and nothing else.
2: Nice. The mouth nice. out, nose Non-people. out. people. Yeah. And,
1: and every time the, the stewardess would walk past. Is that flight attendant? I don't think you're supposed to say stewardess yeah, you can't. Anymore. You can't say stewardess. You can edit, edit right. that out of the, out <laughs> the, the post script. The flight attendant. Every time the flight attendant would walk by, they would tell them to put up their mask. And they'd kind of partially pull it up. And then next time I see the flight att- attendant walk by, she would tell them to put it up again every single time because these people didn't care which because which they the state of Florida which is full of a bunch of idiots
2: which which player in the Orioles is most likely to not wear his mask on a flight
1: oh I am gonna go with him um, see tough question because there's a lot to think about and uh I am gonna go with Chance Cisco mmm who, who 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 would you throw out there? Well,
2: I would probably go with Hunter Harvey. Just we see I see a lot of that hairstyle in my neck of the woods, and I got a lot of no, non-mask wearers in my neck answer. of the woods.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the answer is the answer is Austin Hayes. Because Austin Hayes is from Jacksonville, and mm. everyone down here's an idiot walking around without their masks on.
2: Yeah. Well, Austin Hayes better wear a mask cuz if anyone would get coronavirus in all the world, it'd be it'd be Austin Hayes because everything that could happen, unfortunate, will happen to Austin Hayes. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we were right. talking about yeah. You, so Josh, you 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 came up for the yeah, Ravens game. Up. I'm sorry, but you sidetracked My, here. To, uh, we watched went over Dad's house. Picked, yeah. yeah.
1: Mom picked me up on Saturday. I uh, grabbed some Lido's, which is awesome because we don't have that down here. Or Lido, it's Lido Pizza, right? There's no S. So I grabbed Leto.
2: I don't care. and You don't uh, cut corners,
1: yeah. Right. So I walked in and dad was all teary-eyed and crying that I showed up cuz oh, it was sweet. a surprise. So that was that's nice. Sweet. Yeah. And then I, then I got to uh spend Sunday watching the game with you, watching football with you and uh having your son and nephew climb all over me the whole time. So yeah. it was fun. They've all now have the coronavirus from Florida.
2: Yeah, that's probably we're we're uh no, I went to, we went to the Apple store part of my computer issues and they before you go in there by the way going into the Apple store I'm sorry we can distracted a lot today but but, go, but going in the Apple store it's like freaking going to an elite club in Washington D, D, D.C. I mean they got like three bouncers there there's this long line wrapping around the mall of people trying to get in and then once you get up front, instead of checking your ID, they check your temperature. They you do a temperature check, even for a oh, little really? baby Faye and Silas. Everyone go got a, a temperature store. check. But awesome. I I just said, hey, guys, I'm just trying to buy a charger. I don't know what everyone else is doing here. And they escorted me from the back of the of the queue
1: all the way up into the store. Oh, special special treatment because you were spending money and not just looking.
2: I know. I felt like, you know, the it guy at the club. Yeah, uh, except
1: except you just told me your computer's broken, so you got to go back on Sunday you're yeah, going to be in that didn't work. line because everyone else there was, I'm sure, asked, waiting for support.
2: Yeah, but I'm bringing the two kids back because I think having two kids just by myself helped to give me um, a better service. It's kind of like yeah. if you go to the club and you bring a hot girl, I just bring two kids and I, t- I tell them to cry. Right. I, like, I like pinch them but so see, they cry real loud and then they give me better, better service more more quickly.
1: But see, that either works or it completely fails and ruins your day. There's yeah, good it no backfire. At that it's point. a risk.
2: It's a risk, sure.
1: I'd suggest taking some ice and rubbing some ice all over your forehead beforehand, just Mm. so you're ready for that temperature check.
2: I was a little nervous too, because before the temperature check, like I was, I was just trying to wrangle up my two kids and I was like sweating and still trying to wrangle up and getting to stay in line because you're trying to go everywhere. And so I'm like sweating, huffing and puffing. And then the guy wants to take my temperature. I was like, oh crap, be cool, be cool, be cool. I don't,
1: I don't think your body temperature increases that way.
2: You think even a little bit?
1: You think even a little bit? Not enough to, not to fever level. You don't think if,
2: if I run around, I run a mile around the mall and then come, my temperature will be the exact same as if I don't run around?
1: I think it will be no, I think it'll be within one degree of before and after.
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm no
1: doctor. I'm <laughs> clearly not a doctor. <laughs> I'm, neither. I'm neither. I'm just taking a guess on your weird uh hypothesis. Yeah. So anyway, we're,
2: we, we watched the game. Josh, your, your thoughts on the, on the Ravens' total domination win against the Browns?
1: I, you, I think you should listen to the Film Study uh, podcast if you want a really nerdy breakdown. Absolutely. Uh, the, the defensive podcast was recorded yesterday, and it's an hour and 45 minutes long, talking about how defense played okay, but not great. Um, because we did struggle with the pass rush and putting pressure on. And with and, the run game, yeah. and Yeah, and with the run game. And uh, and I think we saw we saw a lot of great things. The, we got it was thirty eight to six. Yeah, so it's all good. You can't complain, but at the same time, you always have to keep in the back of your mind that it was the Cleveland Browns. Well,
2: well, that's the thing, right? And this this is what I don't know how to take it because Cleveland Browns are not a terrible team. They're not like they used to be. I like don't They're know. a decent team, but you're right. Like how much but of this Eastfield is
1: has yeah. not proven that he's a starting quarterback yet. But there's been times when Baker Mayfield has looked great. Yeah, like last year against the Ravens. Well,
2: yeah, in the and the end two years ago at the end of the season, he looked like like this was a new Browns team, and that's why last year when they brought in Odell Beckham, everyone was like, "This is a Super Bowl team." Right. And and so, but he hasn't been able to play consistently, so it's hard to tell how much of it was Baker Mayfield playing poorly and the and the Browns playing poorly, and how much was it, you know, how good the Ravens are.
1: Sure. I, I, I agree
2: but I feel like Josh my, my take is on is is on this if the Ravens have a double digit lead you, you can't win you you can't beat us because no. our style of offense is we'll, we'll run the ball um we'll we'll not turn the ball over we'll be smart and then our um our, our defense may be struggling to run but if you're just pass only we have the best secondary in football. And so yeah, you're going to have a hard time passing the ball against us. So if you get a double-digit lead, it's
1: over. And that's without Earl Thomas. Yeah. So I want to see that secondary kind of put to the test. But you know how it goes. Whenever the secondary plays good, we always say, oh, well, they, they weren't really put to the test. Wait till a big, good team. But that they still, every game's a test, and they played great yesterday. I think oh, yeah. Scoring- hey, 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 but, but
2: Josh, real, real quick on, on, that, on that number, like, Usually, like, and we know this from, from fantasy football, where it's sometimes good to have the quarterback of a bad team because when you get blown out, like 38 to 6, you become one dimensional. You have to throw, yeah. throw, throw the ball out and you get big numbers. Yeah, well, sure. Bigger ba- Mayfield, he threw the ball 39 times. That should be big numbers, right? Right. right. But that only added up to 189 yards. So sure. even though they became one dimensional and threw the ball, they didn't get any of those junk yards that usually you you get it when in, in
1: a blowout-type right.
2: scenario game. So I think that says something about our secondary.
1: I think it says – I think what I've learned – what this game really stood out to me is the young players and not just Lamar Jackson. No, there was one guy uh, on
2: defense who was an absolute stud. Go ahead, Josh.
1: All right. I, I think – Oh, uh, is that not where you are going with it? <laughs> no, sorry. No, we can go defense. I think there's two guys that were doing – I mean, yeah, Kalias Campbell was a stud. And having right. Kalias Campbell – at this join this team is huge
2: but he's a veteran he's not the young he's a veteran right yeah
1: okay I wasn't sure if that's I wasn't thought you were distracting me there no I think Bowser finally stepped up in this game and I think Patrick Queen looked that's the guy I was talking about Patrick Queen yeah who's a rookie yes rookie absolute stud and when he got in there and punched that ball out of I believe it was Chubbs hand Chubbs is a big guy and he knocked that ball right out
2: yeah, he's, he looked like a stud. He was everywhere on the field, led the team in tackles, kind of sacked. He he was a stud. And that's his first game. And then, the, you know, my favorite about Patrick Queen, though? What? Did you see him in the post game? No. Wearing a Ray Lewis t shirt in the post game? Oh, I thought that was, I did see that. I thought that
1: was pregame. I did that, see that.
2: that was, I believe that was post game because I saw it on Twitter after the okay. game. And he's talking about like, didn't a nod to, to Ray Lewis yeah. and why he was wearing a Ray Lewis t shirt. That was
1: cool. Yeah, no, it was a nice Ray Lewis t shirt, too. Yeah. No, totally, totally, like, uh, totally excited to see what the future holds for Patrick Queen here in Baltimore. And on the offensive side, same story. Marquise Brown moving to that next level in year two. J.K. Dobbins getting two touchdowns. It's exciting. Yeah. It's an exciting yeah. time to be a Ravens fan.
2: It, it really is because you're right. There's so many young players. Even Mark Andrews and freaking Lamar Jackson's a kid, right? There's so many young players – that are going to be around for a while, hopefully, and the the future offensively and defensively is just it's bright. Like this team, it looks like they're going to be good for a long time. So yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time to be a Ravens
1: fan. Yeah, and um, with all the talk about Lamar, he's growing. Like I've never seen a player grow as much as Lamar has grown as a passing quarterback.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, we talked about this on Sunday. If you don't think Lamar Jackson is one of the best passing quarterbacks in football, then you haven't watched Ravens games. This is not new, right? And I know, I know. Everyone says, well, you got going to figure him out. And now the whole thing is playoffs, which I think is fair because he hasn't won a playoff game. That's fair. But at the same time, you cannot say he's not one of the best passing quarterbacks because watch the game. He is one of the best passing quarterbacks in football.
1: He... Passed for 275 yards yesterday. He has a QBR of 94.1. That was first in the NFL for week one with Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson all behind him.
2: And and he did this all last year. He was one of the best percentage-wise QB rating, all that stuff, completion percentage. He was one of the best quarterbacks last year. So this this should not be surprising to anybody that Lamar Jackson is this good.
1: But what do Lamar Jackson haters always say? Oh, year year two they'll figure him out. Year three they'll figure him out. Well, I think now that that's done because you can't say that anymore. Because I don't think you can either. You saw the
2: Browns. How many times did the Browns play Lamar Jackson? Right, a whole bunch. So you can't say that anymore. The lo- now, lo- the, the new thing is playoffs. I think it's fair. He's yeah. not won a playoff game, and that's um, yes. that's on Lamar. And I saw someone tweet out today, <laughs> some Homer, and like bless your heart. They said you can't criticize Lamar Jackson for losing playoff games because there's whatever, 50 other some players on the roster. And, like, that might be true. But, listen, if we're going to give Lamar Jackson all the praise during the yeah. regular season for being such a stud, then playoffs, if you don't win, I mean, it's, it's on the quarterback too. He's got to take the majority of the blame. So I get people – the it's so defensive about Lamar Jackson. But listen, I'm not concerned at all. You say, oh, to the playoffs, I say fine. The guy's 23. He's going to be the playoffs like 10 more times. So I'm not that stressed about it. Don't worry. That boy's going to get some playoff wins. So yeah, enjoy saying no playoff wins for now because that's not going to be the, the the case for very much longer.
1: I agree. I agree. I'm all on board with, and it was a fun game and can't wait for next week against the Texans.
2: Yeah, isn't, isn't, um? am I wrong on this, that, the week after, am I am I looking ahead here? After we beat the Texans, I think it's the Chiefs, isn't it? The Chiefs. That's that's the game where I'm already like, bring that game on. Like I'm
1: already pumped about. Well, that's the big test, yeah.
2: Well, it's that's, it's the two best teams in football, I think, and I, I don't know if it's that even close.
1: Well, and beyond that, it's the game. It's the team that Lamar has not beaten yet. The, he is the Chiefs have beaten Lamar what twice last year and once the year before if I remember or no just twice last year yeah I don't remember but it, it's always Mahomes versus Jackson is the matchup and yeah that's in two weeks and I think that's Monday night football that's, that's Monday night that's Monday night like I'm, I'm ready to start ta-
2: tailgating for two weeks on Monday like I'm ready to tailgate now yeah. and that's going to be and I guarantee I don't know what the line will be that's going to be a three-point football game I promise you It's going to be a three-point game. It's going to come down to a last possession. That's going to be an awesome game. Um, I I, I think we'll beat the Texans by, by you know, probably twenty. But that Chiefs game is going to be epic.
1: Yeah, that's that's and and if you beat the Chiefs, then suddenly it's already this team's already Super Bowl or bust. But you win, you beat the Chiefs, and suddenly it's like, oh, this could really, this team really can beat anyone.
2: Oh yeah, we jump to the top in the. The power rankings, um, <laughs> that we love talking about, and and it's it's a preview also of the AFC Championship game. Um, assuming we can <laughs> beat the Titans this time around, it's a preview of the AFC Championship game. But yeah, I was You're thinking right. about like I know RDT Eric RDT he's a, he's front of the show.
1: Like, you know right you know right now ESPN's power rankings that came out today. Oh yeah, but, where are the Ravens on the power rankings? The Ravens are number two. Guess who's number one? Chiefs. The Chiefs.
2: Yep. There it is. Yep. There it is. That's the top two teams in football. Like, it's not even a question, I feel like.
1: Right. There's top
2: two teams in football.
1: So, yeah, you're right. Big game in two weeks. But got to get to the Texans.
2: Yeah, and which is a fun game, too, because there's the Deshaun Jackson, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. Respect there between those two guys. It was a fun game last year. We destroyed him last year. So (laughs) um, I'm looking forward to another kind of beat down but but we'll see we'll see they got a, a healthier defense now did you
1: what i don't think played last time but um so we'll see right. what happens there no they are number 19 in the power rankings so uh good matchup what were you saying about rdt oh oh yeah yeah because i mentioned the titans i was just thinking about this the other day like it
2: sucks to be him like you're an Orioles fan it's like it's almost as bad not quite as bad as the Orioles fans redskins fans like, if you're going to be a bottom Orioles fan, at least be the Ravens fan, because the Ravens right now are, you know, the hottest team in football. It must suck yeah. to be the Orioles fan and then be a fan of a kind of a bad franchise like the Titans well, or the Redskins.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, those, it's those Prince George's guys that are Redskin and uh, Orioles fans or Savannah Park guys, those Anne Arundel County people that are those two teams. And those are the guys where it's like, I understand that you switched over to the Nationals because you had two losers for a really long time.
2: Yeah, and like a ton of respect for people who have maintained either a Nationals or Orioles and Redskins allegiance. Because you've had a lot of time to like jump off that ship. Right, Um, you do it twice, yeah. And
1: a lot of excuses for both teams where you could say, oh, I'm leaving the Orioles because of Peter Angelos. I'm leaving the Washington football team because of uh Dan Snyder. Yes. Lots of excuses.
0: Yeah.
2: So I, I uh I feel like Redskins fans are kindred spirit. But if you're not yeah, especially Ordo's Redskins fan, like, oh man, dude, sorry. Like how guys, hard sure, your sports system sucks.
1: Is it the, the Washington football team? I saw Dan Snyder said that might be the final name. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I really do like it. Um I can't see him keeping that as the final name because if he changes the name one more time, he gets to sell more merchandise. But how hard is it for you to adjust to Washington Football Team from the Skins, Redskins? Like we were as we were watching the games and had uh, Red Zone on on Sunday, I kept mentioning, "Oh, look at the Skins score. Skins, Skins." This, what yeah. do you call the? What do you lovingly call the football team?
2: Yeah, I mean, it ruins the whole hashtag. We're out to the Redskins.
1: All right, how uh-huh. to the football team. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I mean, I, I think it's going to be one of those things where... Like, you can't even shorten football team to something that's fun to cheer for, like O's or Skins or Nats or Caps. Yeah, I mean, WFT. The foots? D- WFT, you can go w- with that. WFT is harder to say than football team. I know yeah. you keep trying to make that joke, but it's harder to say. You would go with the foots.
2: Well, I think most fans, in practicality, are still going to be like just us talking and seeing people on Facebook or whatever and talking to people. Like they're, they're saying Redskins, so I think it's going to be a long time before people stop, stop calling them the Redskins. Stop saying skins. Yeah, or Skins. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah.
2: All right, let's get to let's get to Orioles. I gotta All say, right. Josh, Did the Orioles play this weekend.
1: To me, Josh,
2: I want you to I want, I want to get something straight right now. <laughs> what I saw. What I saw was one of the most impressive performances of any Orioles team I've ever seen in my life, okay? What I saw was, was the high point of the Brandon Hyde, Michael Elias era, okay? Just imagine this for a second, Josh. You, these young players head into a weekend series against the Yankees. You're what, a game and a half out, a four-game series. This is the biggest series for most of these players, right? I don't know if Hans Alberto has ever played in a bigger series. Um, Certainly, Cedric Mullins, Hunter Harvey, uh, Dean Kramer, Keegan Aiken. These guys have never played in a bigger series in their life, right? A chance to make the playoffs if you take care of the Yankees. And what do they do? They lay four eggs. They go 0-4, and, and the offense, which has gotten us this far, the offense is terrible. Josh, and this blows my mind. And then what happened yesterday? After you lose, lose the four biggest games of your young career, you have every reason after that. After you lose to the four to the Yanks, your playoff hopes are gone, you should be devastated. You should be depressed. Mail it in. The season's done. You lost. All the fans did. All the fans mailed it in. We're done. We lost. And then what happened yesterday, Josh? <laughs> they they came out and won fourteen to one. Right. What?
1: And that's to me that 15. was the
2: most impressive win. I th- one of the most impressive wins I've ever seen a baseball team have.
1: Because they did all that with no motivation
2: after being swept by the Yankees, to come out right. and then every excuse to not play well and they've focused and they pitched well and they hit well. And defensively, Cedric Mullins is awesome in center field. Yeah. It was just, I'm pumped about it. It was just such an impressive, like just, ah, oh, it was, I was just, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. It almost made it the, the sweep by the Yankees. It almost made me forget about that whole thing.
1: You're crazy. You're crazy. That sweep was so discouraging. And ended basically ended the season. There's no way they're going to regain three and a half games on the Yankees over 15 games.
2: I know. And after that, they came back and beat a playoff
1: team, the Braves, 14 to one. The Braves are not a good team. Okay, that's that's just false. (laughs) The Braves are in the National League. They're winning the NL East, aren't they? Uh, The all right, the yeah, but they've had lots of injuries. Okay. They are 28 and 20. So okay. they, all right, fine. You're right. They've got a better record than the New York Yankees. All right, fine. Uh, win, what's it matter though? Who cares how good that one win is? What? Because you're like, oh, these young guys are prepped for the future. They're going to get their butts kicked again on Tuesday night. And what do you want? The one, what's the point of a win 14 to 1 if you can't win the 2 to 1, 3 to 2 games? In Washington, in New York, Josh. Josh, what are you, t- Josh? What are you talking about? Did uh, at what point, Josh?
2: Did you think that the Baltimore Orioles and their five million dollars sa- sa- salary were is are better than the New York Yankees
1: uh, last it's, week? when we not, won three or
2: four. Okay, Josh. We got we, we they got Garrett Cole. We got Keegan Aiken. Who, who's going to win that matchup ninety nine out of hundred times? And you're right. We we, we got him once. Right. But, I but they're the better team. We we weren't winning the World Series this year. Right? Okay. All right. And so and so what and so what do you want to see from our baseball team? You 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 want to see a baseball team that can bounce back, a baseball team that's resilient, a baseball team that's playing for pride even after they get their butts kicked. That to me is more important than this series when ultimately we're, we we're not a playoff team, we're not a world series team. We're 2023 World Series. So I thought that was uh, just super impressive for a team that's building and learning how to win to, to get their butts kicked and come back next day they, and take care of the Braves. I thought it was so
1: cool. They got their butts kicked on Friday. Friday, they lost 10 to 1 and like 6 to nothing. Yeah, the doubleheader. The doubleheader. Yeah. Losing by one run on Saturday and two runs on Sunday is not getting their butts kicked. They got their butts kicked on Friday, and then they and then they played Saturday. They played Sunday, and then they finally came back and won a game. There was no response to getting your butt kicked. You got your butt kicked on Friday, and you didn't respond well the next two days in New York, and finally came home and got and got the bats flying.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the offense, right? In those two games, uh, Saturday and Sunday, they scored. They scored two runs, right? If you, you
1: hold the New York the whole Yankees... whole series, they scored three runs, yeah. Right. If you hold the New York Yankees to th- two runs and three runs, you should be winning those two games. Yes, exactly. And the fact that you can come back and can put up 14 against the Braves doesn't matter. It wasn't a bounce back because oh you, God. your bounce back would be after you're getting your butts kicked, not a hard-fought game that you can't get hits.
2: So you didn't think getting swept by the Yankees was demoralizing?
1: Oh, it totally was. But the demoral, the most demoralizing part was Friday, sixteen to one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it Friday was I agree. And then what happened the next? They get beat again. Yeah. You get beat again. And you have no reason to still play the season because all your hopes are dashed. And then okay. they still come out and play and put up 14.
1: Ah, uh, but that's not a bounce back after you're getting your butts kicked. That's a uh come home, fly home. Calm about it, change the scenery. Let's just relax. Let's just have fun tonight. It doesn't matter. We ruined it all this weekend. Just relax. Nothing to play for. That's what that was. That wasn't a bounce back. Hey, we're gonna turn this game around. I wanna see this team. What you needed to see from this team was stepping up in big situations. And that was not last night. Josh, the the the, the
2: first of all, I don't think winning 14 to 1 is them showing that they don't care anymore because they're the playoffs. I think that's no. showing they're, they're, they can remain focused and still play hard, um, even
1: despite the, what happened over the no, weekend. No, this team can't win with pressure on. You take away all the pressure, and they can play. Yeah, yeah, and hey, that's a
2: sign of a young team, right? And by the way, when we start playing in actual playoff contention games and start playing in playoff games, Keegan Aiken's not starting for you. I'll tell you that much. And we're not and v- v- Velasquez and Vileka are not in your lineup when you're
1: you, playing actual playoff games. You so, on board with Kramer again? Kramer? I, two I, I great said it
2: starts at, against New York. He's looking I, good. I said it from Jump Street. He's going to be a really good four or five starter for this team. He's not He's, a, like, he's, he's not my better. age.
1: He's looking better than a four or five. He's looking more of like a two, three.
2: Yeah, but I tell you what, Josh, be careful. Be careful because because you're going to be fooled. Yeah, I mean, with I, David I, Hess and uh,
1: yeah, uh Tom Actelman and whoever else. Just name yeah. it. the list.
2: Well, well, and by the way, I think Keegan Aiken, ha- I mean, I think um, Dean Kramer has a lot better stuff than some of those other guys. And those other guys you mentioned aren't even four or five starters. But but remember, why do David Hess sometimes have success at be- beginning on is because teams haven't seen him before. Yep. And at least with David Hess and some of these other guys, you would have a minor league kind of uh, performance to go off on. But no one has seen Dean Kramer – for, you know, months, right? Because no one is seeing his tape at Bowie. So the Yankees literally, I mean, they saw him twice. So they did see him once. And then the second time is impressive that he was able to do it twice. But like there's no scout or there's very limited scouting report because your scouting report goes back to last, my league my, my, my year is the last time you got any information on Dean Kramer. So he does have the advantage of kind of being this unknown. Um, and so I'm curious to see, What happens when other teams adjust? But yeah, I'm excited for a rotation next year that includes John Means and uh, Dean Kramer. The other three I don't care about, but John Means and Dean Kramer, those are two good guys to start your rotation
1: with. And then we just got to find three more. To start your rotation as in plug them in somewhere, not your one and twos.
2: No, like uh, ideally, that's your three and four. In in my perfect world, uh, John Means is your three and Dean Kramer is your four. And maybe Dean Kramer will turn out to be better than John Means. But, like, listen, Dean Kramer, guys, is not, like, a top 100 prospect. He's not a guy who – I mean, he was part of the Machado trade, but he wasn't even the biggest chip in the Machado trade. You Diaz was. So I think we, we have to slow our roll a little bit on Dean Kramer. But he was super impressive, and he's definitely earned a starting role out of the gate for next year. Uh, Keegan Aiken, I think the jury's still out on if he's going to be a starter for us next year out of the gate. Uh, but Dean Kramer, I certainly think, has proven that uh, he should be in there.
1: Yeah, totally. I agree with all. I agree with that. And I, as much as I, I kind of just wanted to argue the other side with you, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's, it's fun to argue. Yeah, because it's fun to argue and come at it at different parts. With the, the Orioles have about two weeks left of games, do you think we're going to see any other young guys come up? as we figure this out? Well, I mean, it was exciting to see Austin
2: Hayes come back, right? Like, that was – I think that's a big deal just for health reasons. It also was kind of a big deal that Austin Hayes is playing left field and not center field because Cedric Mullins has taken over the center center field spot. I saw Brandon Hyde commenting that uh, Cedric Mullins should have some consideration for the gold glove in center field. He's been that good at center field. Um, So – but as far as other young players, no, nah, I think this is it. Like I think they're gonna play out with what they have. I mean, they had an opportunity right today to bring up a younger pitcher and they chose to go with Tom Eshelman and not go with uh Michael Bauman or a young pitcher. I don't know, did they shut down Michael Bauman? I can't remember. But anyway, I think yeah. I think this is
1: this is it is what it is at this point. Right. Um do you think Mike Elias uh did something to sabotage all the bats in New York because he realized he was going to have to bring up uh, Adley Rushman based on his promise if they came back from New York still in a playoff rush, playoff Yeah, yeah that was
2: one of my main reasons for wanting to see them, you know, do wugs the Yankees is to see the playoffs, but more to see what would happen with the Adley Rushman storyline. Yeah, right.
1: right, which we, we thought it was an awesome answer at the beginning, but it sure looked like it, it was coming up to burn him
2: yeah the joke was about to be on Mike elias uh, but but now at twenty one and twenty six you know what's crazy about this thing Josh? <laughs> this was I feel like there's been a lot of games I feel like there's been a lot of baseball games um but there's only been forty seven. if this was the regular season, we'd still have a hundred and what a hundred forty uh, seven it hundred and fifteen more games yeah. or whatever.
1: We'd be it'd be the beginning of June. Yeah. Isn't that crazy how long the baseball season is? Well, and it shows you how hard it is to sustain for an entire season. Like like we're talking about how the Orioles almost got into playoff contention after 40 games. Yeah, like
2: if this was the regular season, I don't know if we've been labeling the season a success, right? Where this year we're all saying, hey. We had a good year. We stayed competitive until Ravens football. If yeah. this was a 162-game season, I don't know if we'd be super pumped to be at 21 and 26. Though, no. at the same way, you could argue, I think our second half could be even better than our first half if this was a full season based on the young players coming up. Yeah,
1: yes. Yeah, if, but you're right. I can see that. It's definitely been more fun with the young players up. I feel like I'm feeling really good about my prediction at the beginning of the season. What was that? I believe it was 25 games, 25 wins. Oh, is that what you said? I'm going to have to go back and check, but I believe it was 25.
2: Yeah, we've already crushed my prediction of 15.
1: Yeah, yeah, yours went away a a while ago. Though, that win number 15 took him like two weeks to get, remember? That took a while. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the same – The amazing parts are that it's the same young guys constantly day in, day out, and they're all stepping up. Mountcastle's hitting the ball well still. Um, I mean, last week we were talking about DJ Stewart and how he keeps hitting the long ball, and he continued this week doing the same thing.
2: Yeah, I think if you look at starting September 1st, he's like the best hitter in all of baseball, even better than uh, Mike Trout in terms of... (laughs) It's Ron's graded plus, yeah. and, and, And this is a guy who in the first part of the season... Literally couldn't get a hit. He was pulling cool the old Hyun Su Kim and couldn't even get a hit. Um, or the Chris Davis, to take whatever comparison
1: you want. We said, like we literally we talked about him preseason and said, he's the guy who needs to make a statement this year. He did so poorly, he, we sent him down and said, he's done. He'll never get another shot again. And here he is proving us wrong.
2: Yeah, it's insane, right? There's, it's, I feel like it's been, that's what I'm talking about. I feel like it's, it's been a, a, a million games. Forty-seven games, right. and DJ Stewart was done off the squad, fired, working at at uh, Acme somewhere, and and now he's one of our best players. That's and really same true. with Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins had the same journey where he was battling in the true. year. austin has got hurt, and now all of a sudden he's the center fielder of the future. It was it's been an and insane
1: is, season in forty days. Not to mention Chris Davis going to the IL twice.
2: Well, yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. And I'm glad.
1: Back for one game, back to the 10-day IL. Yeah, I'm
2: talking about Austin Hayes. I'm talking about D.J. Stewart, Cedric right. Collins. Josh is finding ways to weasel in Chris Davis into the conversation. I'm just, I'm just adding to Josh
1: how weird, weird this season has been. And yeah. and it's been 40 games, and we've seen 10 different starting pitchers.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I had a prediction for a number of starting pitchers. It'd be like 15 or something. Nice. I might hit my crazy – I right. got to go back and listen to what I said. Yeah, we'll go back and
1: check all that because we went into the season kind of like not knowing what it, <laughs> playing 60 games mean. But you're right. We had like 15 different starters. If it was a full season, it might be 20.
2: Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. I think when we talked about Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, DJ Stewart, what do all those three guys have in common? Uh, they're outfielders, but well, they're young yep. and they're outfielders. And we're forgetting about, we're not forgetting, but also there's Anthony Santander, right, who's an outfielder. And then Ryan Mountcastle has been playing the outfield. And then Trey Mancini, right, likes to play the outfield. Uh, and I'm not going to even mention the number one pick, our, our number one pick this past draft, Kerstadt, who's also an outfielder. I'm up to judge six outfielders, not including Kerstat. Add That's him in right. there, seven. I mean, you could argue that using el Diaz, is going to be fighting in the conversation. And Ryan McKenna is on the 40-man and outfielder. Those are nine legitimate, young, exciting, good-hitting outfielders. Nine. And unfortunately, it's not like softball where we can play four outfielders. You only get three outfielders, and there's nine guys
1: who can play it, Josh. All right. Well, this is why we need to move Trey Mancini into first base.
2: You saw Ryan Mountcastle is playing first today.
1: All right. Yeah, or Ryan Mountcastle. That'll get you down to eight. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. then, you gotta, then you got a dh that'll yes. get you down to seven
2: all right still got seven in three spots
1: yeah then uh it's gonna be interesting we gotta trade some guys yeah you got you got a bench spot let's put two outfielders on the bench all right now you're down to five
2: i still don't know who you're putting the bench you putting cedric mullins on the bench you putting dj
1: stewart on the bench i am putting well i gotta put austin you- hayes on the il for half the year hmm uh, I think I don't know what this outfield does in the future.
2: It's going to be interesting. Even next year, it's going to be interesting.
1: I think you. I think you'll see us trade in some outfielders. You have to. But Josh, I would
2: agree with you, except
1: no one's proven enough, though. Is that's what I'm saying.
2: Like, like, what, like, like, what, 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 what if you trade Austin Hayes because you realize Cedric Mullins is the center of the future, center of the future. And all of a sudden, Cedric Mullins goes back to how he was at the beginning of the year or how he was last year.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's Cedric awesome. Mullins is proven yet. Um, nope. No, I like the idea of him being the the uh, center of the future. future I too. Of the center, whatever he you is say. a lot of fun to watch out there. And he's yeah. stealing. He, I like I him love, a lot. I love him on base. I do like him stealing on base. Yeah. Um, did TJ Stewart just hit another home run? I'm not.
2: I don't have the game on. Oh, never
1: it, mind. It was a replay. It was a replay from last night. Okay. All right. I just had the game on in the corner. Caught it out of my corner of my eye as he was up to bat. Um, bat. Right. And D.J. Stewart is not proven any – D.J. Stewart's season is so weird that you can't count on him for next year either.
2: I know, but you also can't bench him, right? You can't have him ride in the pine. You can't send him down to Norfolk.
1: No, you, no, you can't. So um, what are you going to
2: do? It's going to be – I mean, it's a problem.
1: We all got- right and Anthony Santander is probably the only one who has shown you enough.
2: Yes, he's not going anywhere.
1: He's not going anywhere. I walk I can has, him in with with Penn.
2: Josh, he has the um he is the oldest and he has the highest not not gonna not kind of trade Mancini. He's right. the oldest and has the highest um probably okay. highest value for other teams. Could he be the guy you trade? Uh
1: maybe? Yes. I mean, that would be quite the turnaround to get a guy for a rule five pick and then trade him.
2: that would be a nice value if you if you can get a really good pitching prospect, would you do that?
1: Mm, not right now, because I don't know I don't have certainty in the outfield. If I had one other guy who was certain, maybe,
2: yeah, but that's the thing Joe Josh no one's gonna other teams feel the same way. No, like no, no one's going to give you anything for DJ Stewart, even or though he had a great. Yeah. yeah. Well, they'll get some for Mountcastle because at least he was a top 100 prospect. But DJ Stewart wasn't even that. And so I don't know if you were if you were to rank these outfielders, Josh, All right. DJ, let, let's put them out there. DJ Stewart, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Ryan Mountcastle, um, Anthony Santander, Trey Mancini. And in that bunch and Ryan McKenna, I think he's the worst. So we'll just get, uh, we'll leave him out and we'll leave Kirstedt out because he hasn't even played a game yet. Um just those six. Mm-hmm. Who who's who's the top? Is Trey Mancini the top? Is to the top? Who's the top in that list
1: for you? Last if we went if we had this discussion in January or December, I would have said that Trey Mancini makes the most sense to trade. But I feel like now with the cancer, there's like this extra connection. And not to mention also you don't trade him in the midst of a comeback. So he's not going anywhere. Yes. So Trey Man. As long he, as he's healthy and as long as he can play, he's not going anywhere. Well, he because was in
2: trade rumors even before the cancer. And so yeah, but right. at this point, he's not. You're right. He's you're he's not untradable. Ready. You're not trading.
1: Yeah, you exactly. He's he's part of this team. Um, so then you go down the list and uh you're right. It'd be Santander is the most proven at the major league level, but, but even that's just no history. No, 30, it's 39 games minors to, right. to prove. Yeah. You're talking about really this season as him being a breakout star. Yeah, where he could have made the All Star game this season if he could have played that way for a whole season. Yeah, um,
2: he could have been in the MVP discussions if he played right. that whole season. And I, hurt.
1: Yeah. and I think third is Ryan Mountcastle. Because of that top 100 prospect foundation, because he's crushing the ball in the minors, he's got that minor league foundation behind him. I think after that, you've got Cedric Mullins and DJ Stewart who have both shown that they can play well and they can play like crap. So there, are, no one's going to be interested in either of them. I, I would throw Austin Hayes that. in there
2: too, especially, and with the injury, after- Hayes,
1: I forgot Austin Hayes, but yeah. Because of injuries, Austin Hayes is in that same DJ Stewart-Cedric Mullins mix that you're not going to get anything because they're a 50-50 coin.
2: Yeah. I mean, here's what you want to do. You want to do what the Padres did this past year. We have a bunch of young players, but you also have a good farm system where you can trade from your farm system and get good players. The problem is, like, DJ Stewart, Cedric Mullins, they're not top prospects. Right. So they're not and they're not in, I mean they're not even in the minors anymore. So they don't have high trade value. But they could be great players, or they could be average uh or poor players, but you just don't know at this point because there's not enough of a track record. But the problem they're gonna face next year, if everyone stays healthy, there's not enough spots to put all these guys to figure out if they can play or not.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I don't know I don't know how you handle you know, that is why we need minor league baseball. If we had a minor league season, you could look at some stats from these guys and start to put something together based what? on A and double-A play. Without that, there's questions going into the season that will be the same questions leaving this season.
2: And isn't it, Josh, going to be really hard to tell Cedric Mullins or to tell DJ Stewart that you have to go to to have back to Norfolk? Like, I don't think you can do that.
1: You can if they suck in Sarasota in February in spring training. Yeah, I guess
2: uh, I is guess spring training of is be uh, uh, really interesting. But Michael Elias seems like the kind of guy who doesn't make his decisions based off of a small sample size in February, right?
1: Like yeah, think- but this isn't much bigger of a sample size than February. Yeah, it's true. But it's it's going to be hard to forget. I mean, it's not like DJ
2: Stewart has been like good. He's been the best player in baseball right. like, offensively. It's going right. to be hard to forget oh. that.
1: All right how much i believe dad our dad is the one who's bringing up this topic recently how much of it does it help these young guys to come up to the majors without the pressure of fans yeah i think it probably helps it can't hurt yeah like you don't need the momentum of fans when you're at this point yeah when you've got your team
2: Though though again i thought i would argue that it would help chris davis but it hasn't
1: so i don't know like, <laughs> right, right. Just, like, it, like,
2: it, like, it might help a little bit, but I mean, at the at the end of the day, like,
1: it's pitchers right. and hitters,
2: and, and you, you got to get the job done. And I don't know. Yeah, like, would Dean
1: Kramer be more nervous pitching against the Yankees if the fans well, if the fans are up and and all clapping on the and it you know it's two strikes or and or bases loaded and all the fans are up on their seats in Yankee yeah. Stadium yelling and cheering. Yeah, it probably would be harder. It probably yeah, would be harder. I got to imagine it is. But the pressure would
2: also be on the hitter, right, to, to come through with all the fans standing up. Yeah. So you could argue both ways, right?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. But that would be, I think that's a, our team, the Orioles as a young team with so many guys who are young, like Kramer and uh, Aiken and Stewart and Mountcastle. I think it's got to favor them more. And that might be part of why they had a, a decent season uh, or at least some fun aspects of the season with young guys um, because you don't have that pressure. When, when it's a veteran up there, it doesn't really matter as much to them, the pressure of the fan. They're used to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think when Kramer, Kramer has pitched at the Yankees twice, once in Baltimore, once in New York. Yeah. If that was a normal season... His first start in Baltimore, there'd be excitement. There'd be people going to the game, people cheering, excited to see him. He'd have family in the stadium. Then he goes to Yankee Stadium, and you got the pressure of pitching in New York, and and the uh, just the whole feel of Yankee Stadium and all that normalcy. All that normalcy is gone. So all you can really is all you have is the baseball field. So all those other distractions are gone this year and hopefully that then helps all these young guys so that next season they got the jitters out and now that that stuff's not going to distract them they can enjoy pitching in front of fans and not let the fans get under under their skin or not try to throw the ball harder because the fans are jeering
2: yeah i mean it's i think it's a fair point and but this is and this is what makes this year josh so exciting and i think it'll continue to next year is that from when Michael Elias got here a couple years ago, like last year, there was very few players like Hunter Harvey at the end of the season, Austin Hayes, but there was very few players to be excited about young prospects cu- cu- coming up. This year we've gotten a bunch, right, from your Ryan Mountcastles to your DJ Stewart's um, to to your you know Hunter Harvey back through the pen to, to to Keegan Aiken and Dean Kramer. Next year it's going to continue. So this team is going to become. More entertaining, even if they don't win, like a bunch of games. As we see some of these young prox- prospects come up, like I'm gonna watch Dean Kramer's next start. Like that's appointment viewing, watching Dean Kramer pitch at this point. And I think when Ryan Malkoff is up, stop what I'm doing. Watch Ryan Mountcastle bat. I think that's gonna become truer and truer as we get rid of Velasquez and, and Valleca, and we get rid of Eshelman and we bring in some of these prospects. It's gonna make this team just endlessly more entertaining. So to your point, yes, it makes it easier for the players who already now have some games under their belt. Um, but there's still going to be a bunch of new players next right. year who are going to have that same experience.
1: We always talked about 2021 as the start of the young guys. 2021 is this process where the process, we hit rock bottom, and when we start this process going up. The yes, fact that we've got, we hit. Right. The fact that we've got a few guys who already made that call up, it's going to make next season so much more exciting. Because if you've got D.J. Stewart, Ryan Mountcastle, um, Keegan Aiken, Dean Kramer, coming back as veterans, when they're based, when they're really still rookies, but they had this season, as weird as it is, under their belt, and they know the rhythm and uh, flow of playing in Camden Yards and playing with these guys, that makes it really exciting as we open up the season with maybe two more rookies on the starting, uh, start whatever, lineup, rotation.
2: Yeah. And if it doesn't happen to start the season, it's going to happen in July.
1: Right? It's going to happen in August. In oh, July is when like, the floodgates start to open.
2: Yeah. I mean, we, we could start having the Adley-Rushman conversation, but for real, um, come July I, and August.
1: I think you may. You're going to have that. Going into spring training, the Adley-Rushman conversation is going to be up again. He'll be invited
2: to spring training again.
1: Yeah. He's invited to big league camp. And there's going to be a conversation about letting him start the season with the Orioles again. Whether or not they do it, I don't know because I do not understand uh, the growth of of Bowie this year. And I don't understand how big of a step Adley Rushman took this year versus being in the minor leagues. Yeah. For the majors, I don't know.
2: I think something is clear that what they're doing in Bowie is they're getting better at baseball. Yes. Like that's not just a place where people hang out. Right. In like in a waiting room until they're called to the majors. Like they're getting better at baseball there. Um, so I think that's like we Mike Elias, and I think the organization's won really well at this point. And so I think that's advantage Orioles this year that I don't know if other teams have their waiting rooms, whatever, their, their extra men, the green um, room. their green room. Be run as well as the Orioles right. are running their kind of taxi squad, um, so I think advantage Orioles in that.
1: Yeah, I think so, and it's it's definitely like, um, it's why I think when you see a guy like Pedro Severino really struggle this weekend with uh, just controlling the ball and at the at the plate letting pass balls and stuff, it opens up that well maybe we do just start it with Adley Rushman. Yeah, maybe, maybe we let Severino go. He had a decent year. Maybe we can do something.
2: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because Severino has been really good offensively, Cisco has been good offensively, but oh my gosh, they're so bad defensively, right? And it's an interesting point when you bring up Kramer and you're going to bring up Bauman and Lothar and maybe this new kid Kevin Smith. When you start bringing up these young pitchers, you want them throwing to Chance Cisco and Severino who can't frame and let balls just. Pass them by, <laughs> like then is that who you want catching uh, for you? And so I think, like, yeah. but but then but then like the other argument, and here's what I would argue: I want Adley R- Rutschman catching uh, DL Hall and Grace Rodriguez. That's yes. that's who I want him catching. So yeah, put, put, put him at Bowie with Grace and Rodriguez, Rodriguez, and DL Hall, and have him catch there for half a year.
1: No, but make he, call. he's caught them all 2020 in Bowie. So you want Adley Rushman up into the majors getting comfortable up here so that when those guys come up, he's already set and stable. You want Adley Rushman to get all those nerves out to get the rhythms worked out up here before those guys come.
2: Yeah, to be Josh, I think the, the normal rules about getting comfortable, working out the jitters, getting comfortable with the pitchers, I don't think those rules apply to Adley Rushman. I think he is a... Superhuman type of character that I really do that immediately walks in and is super confident and like not like doesn't get nervous. Are you calm, cool. I think Adley Rushman's the man, and so I don't think the
1: normal rules of humans apply to Adley Rushman. You, you threw a party for Matt Wheaters coming up. Wieners for Wheaters, absolutely right. right. You like catchers, apparently coming up to the majors.
2: I like, uh, yeah, with the top picks, Orioles top pick catchers.
1: But I do think Adley Rushman was a high level college catcher. That yes. says a lot. Yeah, and it's that, it's that, it's that'll it's make the jump to the majors a lot easier for him. I agree.
2: Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think most. I mean, uh, what did, I think most scouts agree Adley Rushman is better than Matt Weeders was, um, and Matt Weiders
1: was a pretty good catch for the Orioles. But all right, Matt Weeders was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, yeah, before he came up. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Where, where's, where's Will Adley Rushman get this Jesus Christ Savior treatment as well?
2: Yeah, the, the whole um um, Jesus. what was this It was uh, the Jesus. Chuck Norris thing. What what was it called? The um, where they had the whole website you could buy Matt T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, Matt Winters facts. Um, but I mean he was he was uh, Matt Weiders was not a number 1 overall pick. I think he was like a number 5 pick or something. Right. Whereas uh, Rushman was a number 1 overall pick. Uh, but but you're right, the hype for Weiders was real. Um and the hype for Rushman's real too.
1: Um, and, and we'll see. Okay. Uh whatever. It's it's the future of this team is fun.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I mean whether uh, Rushman happens in April or he happens in September, uh, yeah. I mean, the end result is twenty twenty-three. Really fun to watch. It's all and, about that twenty twenty-three.
1: 2023. Absolutely. All right.
2: All right. Let's get out of here.
1: Hey, uh, on the uh, video stream, what's with the flying bats behind you? Yeah, this broken household now is all decked out in
2: Halloween. We are <laughs> completely. I, mean, I got ghosts outside. It, I got a witch riding out there. My son is like really into Halloween.
1: It is September 15th.
2: Okay. Hey, hey, hey. It's, hey, it's, it's fall. Uh, if you went outside of Maryland, it was like 60 degrees. It is not year. fall. It is summer. September 22nd is the first day of fall. Uh, no, closed. people are closing their pools. I, I, wore a, I wore a sweatshirt outside today, this afternoon. I was wearing a sweatshirt in the afternoon. I was really excited Chile. to wear a
1: sweatshirt in Maryland. Yeah. This weekend, I was excited. Yeah, about if that. you
2: come this weekend, you'll be able to wear a sweatshirt.
1: All that right. Sweatshirt. Well, come to Florida. Pools are open and it's 100 degrees. <laughs> there
2: you go. All right. Uh, follow us on all the normal platforms that we talked about at the beginning of the show. Whatever jar- oh, is, right. things Josh said, LinkedIn.
1: Yeah, I forgot about our 336er three, three, of the week. I tried all to right. do it earlier. Let's see who this 336er three, three, of the week is Michael Holloway. So Michael Holloway is our 336er of the week. Remember, you can go to 336er.com and join our Patreon where you can support us for $3.36 a month. You get it um, I, for section 336. You get that. Right, right. Yeah. If you want to do the $336, uh, send me a message and we will work it out. <laughs> you will be the 336er for life if you commit to that. But, yeah, check that out. Help us out. Your $3.36 really does help us out a lot. So.
2: Yeah, and if you don't want to give us money, you can also go to uh, iTunes. And for free, write us a five-star review, which helps us show out as well. So we'd appreciate that.
1: Yep. Or just share our shows on Twitter, on Facebook, and on any of those little platforms that we do not understand because we are old men.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're coming to you live every Monday, unless Matt has computer issues, and then on Tuesdays.
1: Yep. Yeah, I believe Charlie uh, Hops will be joining us next Monday night. So if you remember, last time we had him was the start of the coronavirus, and we all joked about how this was going to be a weird two weeks of our life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little different now.
2: Yeah, but now uh, months later, uh, it's a little bit different. All right, boys and girls, uh, follow us on iTunes. As, I mean, I follow us on not iTunes. You can't follow on iTunes. On Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at section three three six. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Taroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. As always, go Oats and go Ravens. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were
1: you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app. And then it makes sure it goes out to iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. it. They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland
2: Sports. For fans. By fans. Find more great shows like this
1: at birdlandsports.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now, hit it, Jerry. Oh my word. Really, really terrible. Was that a Glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, No, no, Jerry, it's over.
0: This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's star rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees more at Macy's.com slash star rewards savings off sale and clearance prices exclusions apply